I'm like an open book. I grew up in a house where it was like, we put everything out there. That's just the way we are. My husband makes fun of me that if I have like a problem with somebody, I just confront them. He's never seen anybody who's just really good. at That's the way I am. So I think people also get that feeling from me that I'm not judging you. I just want to help you. So it lets people open up a little bit, you know? Hi, welcome to a new episode from The Daring. I'm your host, Iwana Friedman. This week, I sit with my friend Danielle Kimmel to chat about wellness, essential oils, and balancing a career with family life. I'm bringing Danielle into the fold because she's a wellness specialist. We've talked a lot lately about turning vulnerability into empowerment, wielding it to create a positive social impact through our work. And here's the thing. Our capacity to do so is tied to our well-being. You know, I definitely tune in better when I'm nourished or my head doesn't hurt. And so many of you have shared the same, of course. So here we are creating space to take care of ourselves in order to sustain our strength. Danielle is so knowledgeable and open. You'll hear about oil blending, getting over the fear of public speaking, concrete solutions for your everyday health that are easy to implement, and so much more. Let's get to it. Welcome, Danielle. I'm so happy that you're here. I love the work that you do. Before we get into the nitty gritty and all the goodies that you concoct, let's give a little bit of context. Tell us how you got into it in the first place. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I really, I've always sort of lived a healthy lifestyle. I was very into sports when I was younger. I was always very active. And then obviously, you know, when I was a teenager and in my early 20s, I wasn't as into health. And then over the years, I've just become much more accustomed to what my body needed, what Mm -hmm. I was missing, how what I ate and what I used changed how I was feeling. And about three years ago, I read a book called Healing Psoriasis, which I have, which is an inflammatory skin condition. Mm -hmm. And it really emphasized the importance of putting clean foods into your body, clean products on your body, lessening your stress, going to the chiropractor, really just like a very, very broad, Mm -hmm. um, healthy lifestyle. You know, it wasn't one specific thing. So I started eating healthy. I brought healthier things into the house for myself, for the kids. And um, I also at the time met somebody who was using and selling essential oils. And she introduced me to certain ones that can help me for psoriasis. And I'm not anti-Western medicine, but Mm -hmm. I was getting light treatments. I was putting all these cortisone creams on my body and it was expensive and time consuming. And it was just working on the outside to sort of mask the problem. And I was like, there must be a way to change it from the inside out. So my sister gave me the book Mm -hmm. um, and she never read it, which is pretty funny. But I read it and I was very inspired and I did tweak some stuff, but it really woke me up to like, oh my God, I can actually take control of my own health. You mentioned that there was a moment when you became more in tune with what your body was going through. Can you talk to me about what that moment was like? Were there certain conditions that enabled you to take that pause? I think I had a lot of physical issues that were related to growing up in a house with parents who were divorced, being on my own at a young age, getting married very young, really not knowing what I was doing. Yeah. So I always had a bad stomach, which a lot of people, digestion is a big issue for them. And it's related to a lot of skin things, which I never knew. Mm -hmm. But I just thought I had a sensitive stomach and like, you know, certain things bothered me. 
but I think I didn't realize how much of it was physical and emotional mm-hmm. till I got married. I had my first child. I was really struggling to find myself amongst all of this. And I think actually moving out of the city and into the suburbs, that's when the moment came that if I'm not happy with certain things, I can change them. Do you think there's something about the quiet and the space that allowed you the room? figuratively and metaphorically to think? I think so, because I think when I lived in the city, I loved it. But I think there was a lot of noise and stress and a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize that time moved out. And now when I go back in, I totally feel it. But I think it was that. I think it's also spending more time outdoors. Mm -hmm. Um, I had two young kids in the city. When I moved here, they were four and two. And just going anywhere with them was like so stressful with the double stroller. And I think once we got here and we could just go outside and breathe the fresh air, it just became easier. And I was able to navigate everything a little better. Yeah. So once you had that space to be more in tune with what was happening within you, walk us through your discovery. That book is what did it, I have to say. Um, It's an old book. It's 15 years old. A lot of the food stuff is totally outdated. It's Mm -hmm. like the 90s low fat diet, which I knew I wasn't going to do. But being introduced to oils, I bought a large kit at the time because I wanted a lot of different stuff. I wanted vitamins. I wanted cleaner shampoo and conditioners, all this stuff. And I brought it home and it took me a while to actually use it. Mm-hmm. But then when I started using it, I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Like if I have a headache or my kids have a headache, I actually have something that like works and is healthy for the body. And I realized I have to like share it with people. Mm -hmm. And really when I started, I had to get over a lot of personal humps, like speaking in front of people, which I was terrible at. I mean, I wish I would have the first few classes I did on video. I would have, they were bad. So I had to get over putting myself out there. It's not my personality. So I think it made me grow so much to have to work on things and to see that you can change things. If you're not a good speaker, sit and look at yourself in the mirror and practice it a hundred times. Speak to yourself, record it, watch it. You know, we all think if we're not good at something, we just shouldn't do it. And it's really, it's not the case. What you're saying is so awesome. We can all relate to feeling scared about doing something. I totally relate to the public speaking thing. Um, And I agree with you that even though we're scared to do something, maybe we should lean into it a little bit harder. You know, can you slow down a little bit? Because you started to go into the tactics that you used so that you could deliver help to people that you cared about. Okay, so it was twofold. Before I go into the public speaking, it was also realizing that when it comes to selling things, it feels sometimes in the beginning a little bit, you're like selling yourself to sell something. So it was a lot of mindset work to realize that I'm actually really helping people. In the beginning, I was self-conscious about it because oils are expensive, but so is medicine. So is going to the doctor. There's a lot of things that are expensive and they're so good for you. So it was changing my mindset to realize that I'm providing a service for people. And then getting over public speaking, like I said, Mm -hmm. I really, really worked on it. I've done work before where you look yourself in the mirror, you talk to yourself, It's very awkward in the beginning, but I do find that if you really uncover like what it is about it that's bothering you and you really do it, that's the thing you have to put yourself out there because the more times you do it, the more comfortable you get with it. Mm -hmm. And most people are not natural public speakers. Some people are, but most people are not. And it was really just practicing it. And before I go to a class, when I was driving, I would say the class out loud to myself in the car. 
And these are classes that you were teaching. Yes. Um, in the beginning, I knew the people, but I've gone to homes. And I don't know the people. So I think it was also good that in the beginning I did it in my house with my friends. So it also was more comfortable. And then, yes, going and teaching people in all different places and all different walks of life. It's amazing the diversity of the people that I've shared it with. I'm sure you've met so many interesting people and this work has brought you to the door of so many homes that you wouldn't otherwise have the opportunity to meet. Yes, exactly. And also realizing that all different types of people struggle with the same thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? At the baseline, we're human. Exactly. Even though we don't all look the same or act the same, we're all human beings. Yeah. Talk to us a little bit about what you're teaching. Okay. So what I teach in my classes are how to bring certain things into your home, like more natural products, and then also how to use essential oils aromatically, which most people know about for, you know, emotional benefits and other benefits as well. And then how to take individual oils and mix them for other things. Mm -hmm. So really teaching people what the oils are good for, how to use them safely, and then how to mix them for certain things. Because if you go into Whole Foods and you buy an oil, there's nobody to really teach you how mm. to use it. I mean, there's a lot of information on, you know, the internet these days, but they have really, really nice books that have recipes and just ways to help whatever's bothering you at the time. Yeah. So what are some of the things that you're seeing? What are some of the, um, I guess, stresses? Yeah, that we are all feeling. Yes. So sleep is a big one. A lot of people have sleep issues and there's really not a lot of ways to help it besides taking sleep pills, which are nobody wants to take them. Sleeping's a big issue. Stress is a big one. Stress and anxiety that come along together. Energy, digestion and immunity. Either, you know, some people themselves get sick a lot or their kids do. I would say those are the most popular. And then people who are a little older, it's like arthritis, menopause, stuff like that. Mm hmm. I imagine those things are interconnected or they can be, right? If you're really tired all the time because you're traveling or whatever, you're opening yourself up to other issues as well. Exactly. Can you give us a few concrete examples of how, let's say, a person who's traveling might use oils to feel more energized? Sure. So I've helped a lot of people who travel a lot and are going to different time zones and jet lag and stuff like that. Definitely for immunity, there's certain blends that you can use. Frankincense, On Guard, lemons good for immunity, tea tree. Those are some of the oils. So preventatively, if you're traveling a lot, you can just be boosting your immune system beforehand while you travel after. And then for energy, it's twofold. So you want to make sure you're sleeping okay. So there are certain oils that help you sleep. Lavender, everybody knows is good for that. But there's also different blends like Serenity, Balance, vetiver is very good for that as well. Cedar, what there's a lot of different oils that you can use for sleep. Frankincense, again, frankincense is one of those oils that you use it for immunity, energy, sleep. It's like literally the king of all oils. So that's one you could use for energy. Any of the citrus oils like wild orange, lemon, peppermint's also energizing. You know what I do? I have oils by my bedside and I'll show them to you. You're probably going to laugh at how old they are. But I do, like if I'm at the end of a long day, but I feel like I need to relax more or I won't be able to fall asleep, I take a sniff. Yeah. Like I'll open them up and I'll just like lay there reading my newspaper or watching my show or whatever. Yeah. And I'll sniff oils and it's so, um, the effect they have on my body is immediate. 
Yeah. They work very quickly. I mean, technically they work within 15 minutes, but yes, some people like to use them on their body and then even just inhaling them has the same benefit. So it's an easy way to help yourself, whatever little tweak you need at the time. Yeah, totally. And if you were to travel a lot, let's say you're a musician and you're on tour, you know, you're doing a book tour or something like that. How would you do this on the go? So when you use it topically, like on your body, it's very easy to make. First of all, when you use it topically, you should always dilute it. A lot of people use it straight. There's no reason to. They're very strong. And actually, when you dilute them, your body absorbs them even better. Mm -hmm. So you can make little roller balls. I have them at home, so they're ready to go. It's much easier to use it that way. So you can make one that says energy. You can make one that says sleep. You can make one that says immunity. And then you could just grab it and roll it on. It's super easy and also very quick. I love that. There'll be a dedicated page for this episode on the website, and we'll make sure to list out all these different ways of packaging it so that it's easy. Yeah. You need to make things easy because nobody's going to use something if it's not easy. No, or you might do yeah. it a couple of times and then it'll just like peter off. Exactly. And do you use this stuff in your food? Yes, I use it in my cooking. It's really amazing to be able to infuse olive oil with different essential oils like rosemary, basil, thyme, marjoram. It gives it such a strong flavor. Essential oils are a lot more powerful than the herbs that we get in places. I mean, pure herbs are very powerful, but most of the time that's not what we're getting. So the taste is amazing. You can use it for vegetables, meat, chicken. And then I also use it in baking like lemon, peppermint. I've tried lavender in baking as well. So wild orange, the taste is so different than trying to infuse it with herbs or something else. Yeah. Maybe it's also the oils that you particularly use because I tasted your orange cookies that yeah. were infused with oil and it was, yes, very potent, so flavorful, but no nothing about it was fake. Exactly. So when that's a great point. When you're ingesting oils, you need to make sure they're 100% pure. Mm -hmm. The FDA doesn't regulate the market. A lot of oils are not 100% pure. People put fillers, chemicals, which is terrible because you're using it to be natural. So that's another thing. If you are going to cook, you want to make sure it's a company that tests their oils, that publish the results so you can actually see the testing done and to make sure it's pure. Yes, because whether you're eating it or using it, it's not going to have the same effect if it's not very, very pure. You know a lot about this stuff. How do you carve out the time with four children? <laughs> you're now growing another side of your business, which is these unbelievable baked goods that I can't get enough of. And everybody who knows me knows that I have a terrible sweet tooth. So you satisfy I. it. Talk to us a little bit about how you balance your time because you are all about wellness. Yes. Yeah, so I do make sure to take care of myself. I have, I'll say, thank God, a lot of energy. So I try to really pack everything into a day, but I make sure I exercise not every day, but that's a big part of the time I can relax and shut off my mind. I try to get enough sleep. And then when the kids are in school, I do my work. And then when they come home, I pause my work because I really, I want to be present for them when they're home. Mm -hmm. And that might mean that eight o'clock rolls around and I'm starting to bake or I'm helping a client with oils or reading. I just squeeze it in. I do not watch any TV. I don't watch any shows. I cut that out about two years ago. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. I think it's like a little extreme, but I don't really find that I have the time for it. Mm -hmm. So my days are packed and I do a lot of my stuff at night. I make sure I eat well. I sleep well that I exercise so that I'm taking care of myself as well. Because if I'm not good, nobody else is going to be taken care of. 
That's absolutely right. Yes. And you're growing your business, right? These baked goods is relatively new. I mean, you've been doing it for your family and your community for a long, long time. It's in you. So it made sense for you to expand it and make a business out of it. How did you carve out space for that alongside everything else that you're already doing with the oils and the classes and all of that? So it's funny because I have been making them for a while and I always take them with me to the oils classes because I use oils in them and it's just everybody wants to sit and learn while they're eating something yummy. So I've been doing it for a while and everybody was telling me to sell them. And I was like, no, I don't want to. I don't want to. But I realized it's another way to help people achieve health goals. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of people have said to me, I'm trying to change the way I eat, but I still want sweets. I changed also the way I was looking at it. And I was like, wow, this is just another way to bring health into people's homes. So I find the time. I think everybody has more time than they realize. I think that's right. You know, if you're sort of organized, you can squeeze it in an hour here, an hour there. And if it's important enough, I would add. Exactly. There's a self-discipline piece that comes in. Of course. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's with everything, I think. But yes, definitely. You know, I have such a strong passion for health. As a child, I did not like blood. I always said if I could have gotten over that, I would have loved to be like a doctor. So it makes me feel good to know that I'm helping people in a way. So I think the passion has to be there because if you don't like what you're doing, it's hard to really push forward and put yourself out there to actually accomplish it. A hundred percent. I think a lot of people can relate to that. And I can relate to the opposite, which was you know, being in a role that wasn't necessarily in tune with what I wanted to do. What I'm doing now is in tune with what I want to do. And this is great. But it took a little bit of a breaking point to get through to the other side. So you're absolutely right. If what you're doing is fulfilling a higher purpose, and it's beyond you, then I think it's a win-win. Exactly. And sometimes it takes a little while to get there. People may tell you, and I think it's until something clicks for you that you can actually do it. Yeah. And what you do is so integrated because it's not like, you know, Danielle Kimmel is building this business that has nothing to do with her personal life. It's literally an extension of you. Yeah, exactly. Nothing (laughs) is compartmentalized, which I think is huge. When we start to think about the ability of being vulnerable, opening up to new things, learning new things, doing things that are hard, it becomes somehow more doable if what you're seeking to do is already connected and adjacent to where you are presently. That's so true. Yes. And also, what can I do that will make me feel good and fulfilled while still wanting to be very involved in my children's life and raising them and not being away from them. So that's been a huge aspect of it. What can I squeeze in? What can I add in that will still work with being Mm -hmm. a mother, a wife, a sister, a daughter, you know what I mean? Fulfilling all the other roles that we, that we play. And listen, there are some people who feel like if they work full time, they're better mothers. So there's every side of it. You know, there's not like one side of it. So I think it's really an individual's feeling about what works best for them. I love what you said about switching your mindset from sales to realizing that what you're doing is not really selling. It's actually making a positive contribution. Exactly. And the truth is that I think when people I know it sounds funny, but I've heard this a lot before that when people commit even with money to buy something, they're committing to actually like doing it. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, they're really at the point where they want to make that change. Mm -hmm. 
you know, if somebody is suffering from headaches all the time and I tell them, you know, for let's say for $75, I will get you something. You can use it for years. You won't run out of it and your headaches will be gone. And if they're like, oh, that's expensive, then it means that they're not really putting the value into feeling better from the headaches. Do you know what I mean? Advil is not cheap either. No, I'm serious. I'm yeah. serious. Like it's just I'm laughing because I know. <laughs> but people don't people don't realize that even going to the doctor, which again, I'm not anti-Western medicine. I just think there's a time for it and there's a time where you don't need it. Yeah. But everything costs money these days. So it's like, you know what I mean? Yeah. How can people find you? I'm on Instagram. I've actually met a lot of people that I've helped through Instagram. Also recommendations, you know, word of mouth, people who have bought and then they have somebody they know in a different area. I've traveled. I've done classes in Florida. Oh, wow. Um, that That's was cool. Fun. That was a lot of fun. I've done them in D.C., mm -hmm. Crown Heights. So really like all over. But I would say the place where I put myself out there and I share a lot is Instagram because I think it's a way to connect people when you're not physically close. And I've been on your feet and I know you share a lot of in the moment cooking adventures. So yes. it's not sanitized, pretty account. It's the real deal. It's not. And I'm not so good at taking pictures and it's OK. That's me. Yeah. Yes, it's definitely not. Everything's not perfect because nothing in life is perfect. And personally, when I see people and everything looks perfect, I'm like, what's going on? Like, <laughs> you know, like, where's the real stuff? Like, I want to see it when like nobody's watching you. What's going on? You know, <laughs> because it, it doesn't I don't think people can relate to it. I personally can't. Yeah. Do you know when your next workshops are? Do you what do you have going on? Is I guess what I'm trying to ask. The summer is usually quiet. I find that a lot more people are more interested in doing workshops when it's not beautiful outside. So after everybody's settled into school and the holidays are over to start doing classes again. And I really like to do them in people's homes. I find it's a lot more intimate. I like to do it in small groups so that people feel comfortable. Because I think I've said it to you before, but it's amazing. Like you start the class and like everybody's scared to talk or say like what they want to work on health wise. But then as the evening goes on, people really, really start to relax. And that's when you really get what they need and what's what they're looking for. So I do it in people's homes. Talk to me about your format. So basically, I share a little bit about myself, my experience, how I came to use oils. And then I love to go around and have everybody share something health wise that they're working on. It could be emotional. It could be physical. It could be somebody they know. It doesn't, you know, and then it allows me to connect what I'm teaching with what they're looking for and to delve in it. So throughout class, if I'm talking about an oil or something, I'll be like, oh, you remember you mentioned you have headaches. This is like great for headaches so that I can make it relevant to the people there instead of having an exact way I teach and not really going off of it at all. You're a great listener. Do you mix with the people in the room? Do you show them how to do it? How does that work? So the mixing is a whole nother thing because that scares a lot of people. I usually don't mix at the class. They usually order. I give them directions and then we do like a video call and I show them exactly how to mix it. That's amazing. Some people want to mix everything on the phone and that's okay. We sit there and we go through everything. And then other people make one and they're like, I got this. And I also send them all the recipes mm -hmm. um, so that it's a list of like headache, immunity, so they can label it. I try to encourage people to mix and label so that they'll use it. You know what I mean? So that's how it works. People have spoken to me about doing mixing parties so that everybody gets their stuff and then we come back together and we mix together, which I think is actually really fun as sort of a follow up. 
Have you thought of mixing, no pun intended, your bakery tasting with your oil? So it's funny that you said, like, think about intertwining. Because before I was, you know, selling the baked goods, I brought them to every class. So people were tasting them. I find that when you have food around, it's hard to focus on something else. So I don't know if I would intertwine them as much. Like, I like to bring them with me, but... A full tasting, I think that's different. If people think they're coming to taste food, I don't know if they necessarily want to hear about oils. Do you know what I mean? You know your audience. Yes. We talked a little bit about the moment where people are sharing in the group. Yes. Some people are quite uncomfortable in the beginning. How do you help them feel like it's safe? I think there's really like no judgment in the room. And sometimes there's that one person that's like, all of the above, everything's wrong in my life, you know, and I think that person actually is really like the icebreaker. And that person may make quieter people who aren't as used to sharing, mm-hmm. um, open up. I'm a, like an open book. I grew up in a house where it was like, we put everything out there. That's just the way <laughs> we are. My husband makes fun of me that if I have like a problem with somebody, I just confront them. He's never <laughs> seen anybody who's just really good. at That's the way I am. So I think people also get that feeling from me that I'm not judging you. I just want to help you. So it lets people open up a little bit. You know, it also depends on the environment. Like I've taught really religious people mm-hmm. and with them, I think not as much is shared. So maybe for them, it's like harder to open up right away. So sometimes people would rather speak on the phone or do like a video phone console versus like going to a class with people. And that's okay too. So there's really, you know, both options. Somebody who would prefer to stay private can call you up and have a one-on-one. I really like video because there's a face with a voice, you know what I mean? So um, yeah, for some people would rather it that way. And you know, that's okay too. What you and I do could just be done online right? You could do Zoom sessions or like a whole YouTube series on how to mix oils, how to bake, all that stuff. And it would be effective, right? People would still learn from you. There's something to be said about getting together in real life. Yes, it's totally different. Even doing a video call, things change when you're in person and people change. And I think people let their guard down a lot easier. People these days are, it's hard for them to commit to get together in person, but it's Mm -hmm. like so important. But I think a lot of people don't realize how important it is still within all the technology and everything. Until maybe they do it in person and it's palpable. I think the energy in the room, like even seeing you here now talking with you about this stuff is so different than had we had to do it over a phone call. Exactly. And things come up for you sometimes in person that wouldn't come up because I think over the phone, it doesn't flow the same. Yeah. Or if you're recording something and then posting it on YouTube or on Instagram, it's just a demo and it's not a dialogue. Exactly. That's the big difference. Yeah. So this is when your live workshops and stuff really come into play. Yeah. Do you see people over and over again? Not usually. There was somebody, a client of mine in Brooklyn that we met over Instagram and we did um, we did a video consult and then she wanted me to come to her house and do a workshop. Mm -hmm. That's so yeah I like that also I also like I mean you can't plan for this but if people in the room are using it already I like it also because they can share their personal experience versus just hearing it from me oh my god I love that so much yeah you don't need to be the expert in the room no I don't and I'm so happy when other people are like oh I use this and it helps me for this it like to me that's even better than me saying it you know yeah it sounds like at that point you're enabling people to teach with you Exactly. 
and there's no need to have the authority, so to speak. Exactly. And I like to sit when I'm teaching so that like I'm on this, you know, I'm sitting with everybody. It's more like a conversation. Yeah. So I like people to sit on couches. I want people to be relaxed. I want it to be like enjoyable. If everybody gets involved, that's why, like you were saying, it's so great in person. That's where the goodies are. Exactly. I'm so happy you came on. Thank you so much. This was so much fun. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to The Daring. Look out for future episodes where we'll continue to share inspiring talks with creative people who are force for good. Subscribe to your favorite podcast app and check out thedaring.co for in-depth articles and to join our mailing list. You can also find us on Instagram at thedaringmag. I'm your host, Iwana Friedman. Our theme music is by Ben Tyree. If there's a topic you'd like us to cover, we'd love to hear from you. Send us a message at info at Until next time. Yo, yo, yo.